Hey guys, I'm Yokai. And I'm Sadie. And uh, here's the thing poetry for the microwave generation sucks. Or does it? It definitely does. Okay. <laughs> so, Yokai, why don't you explain to us what it means to be part of the microwave generation? Oh, yes, of course I will. So, the microwave generation, millennials and ourselves, are accustomed to communication, social media, having everything at their fingertips. Just a lot of overstimulation. Yeah, the snap of a finger. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, they're not really willing to wait around for things. Even 30 seconds on a microwave is too long of a time to wait for food. Okay, so now that we know what the microwave generation is, how has poetry changed over time? As of late, there has been a social media phenomenon occurring in the world of poetry. We have um, these so-called Instagram poets, such as Rupi Carr and this person whose pseudonym is Atticus. No one really knows. I don't know who he is, really. My friend got a tattoo of a Rupi Carr poem. That's that's disgusting. Like, <laughs> honestly, I don't know how to feel. Okay. And here's the thing. Instagram poetry um, is very appealing to the microwave generation who, you know, don't really want to wait around for things. They can read Rupi Carr's seven-word literal sentence poems with major quotations around poems and understand it once. It's water ski poetry and it really bothers me. But here's the thing, don't you think that it's good that poetry is more accessible now? Before it was just like a bunch of old white dudes writing poetry and no oh one could understand. My. So isn't it good that it, that poetry reaches to the masses now? Okay, here's the thing. I will say this. Instagram poetry is intellectually accessible mm -hmm. as in um it's not just poetry for the poets for the poetry fanatics it's poetry for just you know the average person who maybe wants to get into poetry but doesn't feels discouraged by maybe the complexities and nuances of you know the poems of some other great poets like walt whitman and wallace stevens and stuff like that but so i will give it that however Great poetry stands the test of time. Great poetry does. Rupi Carr's poetry is not great. No one's going to be analyzing it in a classroom 50 years down the line. That's Let's look true. at some examples. Okay. <laughs> here's, um, here's a poem, poem, big quotes, by Rupi Carr. <clears throat> it is a blessing to be the color of earth. Do you know how often flowers confuse me for home? Rupi Carr. What about that is good? Right, right. exactly. <laughs> uh, you got me there. But let's just let's let's attempt to analyze it. Okay. Okay. It is a blessing to be the color of earth. Okay. One thing I've noticed with all this new poetry, like Instagram poetry and slam poetry, it's always about like being a minority. Wait, wait, Why? wait, wait, wait. Slam poetry too now? Yeah, slam poetry sucks, dude. What? It's always just like like not to be that way, but like it's always just like a black girl like yelling about pa like the patriarchy. And it's like that's a rant. That's not a poem. Like it doesn't even You know Have what? You my those? favorite listen, my favorite moment from Parks and Rec is when Leslie Nope goes, Anything can be a slam poem if you say it like this. That's facts. 
Well, but there's also still literary concepts that define poetry. Like Yeah, and slam poetry does not fit those some definitions. Do. Like those two girls, I don't remember their names, but they also are, are talking about the patriarchy most of the time, but they're also talking about rape culture, and their words are very poetic. It is a blessing to be the color of earth. Earth is many colors. What do you mean by that? It means, I think it's more like... It's a blessing to be brown? <laughs> is that brown nationalism? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it's more, hard, referring, what are you up to? it's more referring to the matriarchal side of oh. Earth. And if you think about Mother it, like, Earth. yeah, Mother Earth. And I think that that by doing that, I mean, even the picture she has is like, well, that's... Okay, here's another thing about Rupi Carr that annoys me. Her pick, her little doodles. Okay, I have a niece. I have a niece who's four years old. No, she can't. She brings home little doodles from school that are better than Rupi Carr's little... You think Rupi She's Carr always like doodling pregnant ladies by her poems because of feminism. I don't know. Like, it's just weird. Also, it's because her poetry can't stand alone. It's not good enough. So she feels that she needs to add these, like, that's, yeah, I'll crappy give, I'll drawings. give you that. That's fact. Yeah, that's true. Do you think she even draws those? Yeah. Of course she does. Yeah, I mean, they're not very good. Everyone thinks they can draw nowadays. Oh just like God. how every 15 year old girl with a camera thinks she's a photographer. And that's the tea. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Um. <laughs> Do you know how often flowers confuse me for home? What does that even mean? Do you know how often flowers confuse me for home? That never, you know that never happens to her. See, but you're taking it too literally. Oh my god. With poetry now, because it is so vague and so, like, Pinteresty, Right. It allows people to interpret it how they want it and to connect with it how they want to. Okay. With, like, other poetry where you have to, like, dissect it to really get at a meaning, then it's, like, it's not accessible to everyone, and everyone can't relate to it. But isn't the act It's like songs, nice? like, songs used to be better. Of course they did. They were symphonies. But now it's, like, pop songs, and everyone can relate to it. It's just how it's changing. Okay. It's just fun poetry. Well, I'm not having fun. <laughs> Let's take a look at some poetry from the 20th century. Okay. This is a poem by a man named Wallace Stevens, very famous American poet, um, who wrote poetry during the 20th century. He is one of my personal faves. This poem is called Of Mere Being. <laughs> oh, by the way, Rupi Carr's poems don't have titles. What's that about? <laughs> of Mere Being. Nap when you feel so inclined. Okay. The palm at the end of the mind, beyond the last thought rises in the bronze decor. A gold-feathered bird sings in the palm without human meaning, without human feeling, a foreign song. You know then that it is not the reason that makes us happy or unhappy. The bird sings, its feathers shine. The palm stands on the edge of space. The wind moves slowly in the branches. The bird's fire-fangled feathers dangle down. Can I tell you a story about this poem? Yeah. I heard this poem for the first time in seventh grade. Shout out to my seventh grade English teacher, Mrs. Ryan, who inspired my love of poetry. Mm-hmm. And that last line always stuck by me. It was always, I always just, because, oh, so beautiful. And then one day I just, like, looked up that line and I was like, oh, my God, Wallace Stevens. And here we are. Oh, like, you only remember the last line? Yeah. When but you then, found the poem. And it's my favorite poem. Interesting. Did you enjoy it? I did. Rupi Carr could never. <laughs> She's literally on a stretcher. 
But that's not the point of her poetry. It's the, like, okay, the point of her poetry is to be accessible, blah, blah, blah. She talks about those who have been disenfranchised. You know how she, whenever she talks about poetry, she always talks about the fact that she's Indian. Like, in an interview, have you, have you listened to her interviews and, like, seen her? I've literally listened to her recite her sentences. Sorry, her poetry. And, like, it's just, like. So, is it, like, the length you're mocking? Like, because that's. It's, it's the whole thing. Okay, let's talk about Instagram poetry. Instagram poetry should stay on Instagram. Like Atticus, who writes these like similar, like similar in length and style to Rupi Carr. He writes always about like love and stuff. Yeah. He's like, if you love her, leave her wild. Like that's his poem. Like I don't know. Like it's fine. Like I whatever. It just leave it on social media. Like why can't it just be? I think it's. Why does it have to be in a book? Well, because. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's not for social media. It's, it's, well, I think it definitely is for social media, but like, there's no, like, you can't just find literary work on social media. Like, you have to dig for it. Like, it's not just accessible this is, like that. But this is, you know, it's the new thing. Well, I know. It is, it is, on, it's everywhere. Can't Why don't we go to Rupi Carr's Instagram page? That's, okay, that's good. Okay, tell me how many followers does she have? She has three million followers. Uh, so I don't understand who's not ex- like who's not finding it. Why are you so Instagram? against her publishing her poetry? Okay, I'm biased because I think that her poetry sucks. Yeah. I don't think there's a problem with that bias though. I think it's completely valid. But you can't get mad at people for also enjoying her her work. You know, like yeah, I'm not mad at people. Okay. Let's read this this poem that kind of talks about all of this stuff. Bye. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, okay. I just want to say, wait, I'm not mad it. at anybody who likes Rupi Carr's poetry. I'm just saying, it's it's evident yeah. of the fact that we, the microwave generation, yeah, don't want to yeah. spend time doing anything. So, of course, Rupi Carr's poetry appeals. To, like, those who have everything at their fingertips who never... Okay. Sadie Abernathy... Yeah. ...is going to read us... A poem by Billy Collins... Entitled... Introduction to Poetry. Poetry. Yes. Okay. I remember reading this... I think we read this in Mr. Batiste's class once. I asked them to take a poem and hold it up to the light like a color slide, or press an ear against its hive. I say, drop a mouse into a poem and watch him probe his way out. Or walk inside the poem's room and feel the walls for a light switch. I want them to water ski across the surface of a poem, waving at the author's name on the shore. But all they do, all they want to do is tie the poem to a chair with a rope and torture a confession out of it. They begin beating it with a hose to find out what it really means. What Billy Collins is pointing out, okay, is the importance of just admiring the beauty of poetry its colors okay using all your five senses to just really see poetry oh my god not beating a confession out of it this like 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 the trying to like draw out this single meaning like forcefully even if it's not there rupee Carr's poetry is trying so hard to have one meaning you don't even have to beat a confession out of it it's just like spilling it's not supposed to Here's no, but thing. I'm just talking about his. I'm talking about no, here's the thing. He's saying that when you take a poem 
and you analyze it so much that it becomes only what you want it to mean, then there's no point to poetry. With Ruby Carr's Instagram poetry, you don't. it's just something you glance over. You can just appreciate the words and just be like, oh, that's a fun poem and I'm glad I read it. But you don't have to, like, you don't have to go through it to, like, it's not... It, it's just its own thing. Like you can, But Billy Collins also talks about admiring the beauty of a poem. Right. Rupi Carr's poetry is not beautiful. It's not admirable. It it's, is to a young skin. poet who's entering poetry. Who doesn't know how to write poetry. And they and Rupi Carr is going to teach them. Rupi Carr poetry is just fun poetry, and we should just let it be that. But we shouldn't take it like as seriously as the other famous poems. Okay, I yeah. will admit, Rupi Carr's poetry has some things about it that I don't completely despise. That don't com- make me completely I'm hate glad we made progress. us, our young microwave generation. However, I think it's important to note and be wary of what social media and technology is doing to our brains not in like a not in like a Instagram is toxic kind of way, but in like a where we've become so accustomed to having everything at the snap of our fingertips that patience is no longer a virtue that we like care about. I feel, and yeah, I think that I'll give you that. I, mean, I think like, that once in a while there's Netflix. But okay, listen. I think once in a while taking a poem by some a person who is dead, and I say that for a reason. And reading it once, and then taking the time to understand it in whichever way you want to, in like whichever way you interpret it, okay? Not beating a confession out of it, but holding it up to the light, admiring it, reading it carefully. Yeah, where are you going? Just taking time to do something. Is what? Is good and refreshing. I mean, that's very true, but at the same time... I'm glad poetry is more accessible now. You don't have to go to an AP English class to read it. It's on Instagram, which, of course, we're the microwave generation. We have access to things, and we just aren't overstimulated. But at least poetry is a part of that. And at least it's not being lost in the dust completely, even if it isn't as good as old poets. This has been Here's the Thing. Thank you for listening to Here's the Thing on the Spectrum Podcast Network, your voice on air. We would like to thank our online editor, Isaac Gittleman, and our lovely faculty advisor, Miss Reed.